You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. Was God being vindictive or mean? No. Again, His law, His commandments were used to protect man in order to prevent wickedness from spreading, to stop wickedness. So God's law has always been there to protect, to provide, to direct in order that man might live, man might experience life. We have a tendency to choose destruction over life. Scripture clearly outlines this part of our nature. Ever since Adam and Eve chose disobedience in the garden, we've continued down a path that serves self instead of God. And just like Adam blaming Eve, we're always looking for some way to excuse or justify our behavior. As Pastor Holland will point out in today's message, we need to humbly submit ourselves to the truth of God's Word, realizing that it's given to protect us and point us to our need for God. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Exodus chapter 19 as he continues his message, The Progression of the Law. God wanted man to love him. In order for man to love him and to choose him, there had to be the ability for man to have a choice. You can't have love without free man, free will. And so if man doesn't have the real power to say no, then love doesn't exist. Because in order to love, you must have the power to choose. Now the rabbis teach before man ate the fruit that man did not have the consciousness of sin. The man only had a consciousness of God. And so man was innocent of evil. Man had no concept of evil. All they had a concept of is the goodness of God. And, but man did have the understanding of true and false. What is true and what is not true. What God says and what God did not say. And so Adam and Eve had the ability to discern whether the serpent was lying to them or not. They had the ability to to discern whether they were being told the truth or not. Or more specifically, who was telling the truth and who to believe. In Genesis 3, when Satan tempts Eve, what does he say? God knows that when you eat of the tree, you will not die. You will be like God. And so Eve had a choice at that moment. Eve could allow herself to be convinced by the serpent, to be convinced by Satan, or she could reject what Satan is saying and say, no, that's not true because God said this. God said, don't do it. She had the ability to do that. But she didn't choose that. She allowed herself to be convinced by Satan. She allowed herself to be convinced by Satan. And by doing so, she rejected the love of God. And that led to disobedience. You see, people today that allow themselves to be deceived by the culture, that allow themselves to be convinced by other voices other than the Word of God. 
They don't stay true to the word of God. They don't say, no, that's not true because God said this. They say, well, you know, the book, the Bible is an old book. It doesn't matter anymore. You know, these are modern times. You know, of course, God would let us do this. When in fact, God is clear in his word. Now, Adam had a different choice because he knew that Eve had allowed herself to be convinced, to be deceived by Satan. And so Adam chose to break God's law. He chose to break God's law after learning of Eve's decision to allow herself to be convinced by Satan. Now, Adam could have gone to God. Adam could have spoken to God, but he didn't. And so Adam transgressed God's law. He willfully did what God said not to do. Now, Eve sinned. Eve sinned. She chose to believe Satan. And in doing so, she sinned. And because of that, she ended up disobeying God. That's what sin is. It's missing the mark. You want to do the right thing, but you become convinced of something else. However, transgression is a willful decision. It's me saying, I do not want to do what God says. It's a willful disobedience. And this results in a change in man's nature. Man is no longer conscious of God. He loses the consciousness of God. He loses the consciousness of true and false. Now, the idea of what is truth, we get into Pilate, and what does he ask Jesus? What is truth? He doesn't know anymore. He's lost the ability to discern it. And man is now only conscious of good and evil, right and wrong. And that is what a conscience is. It's that voice inside of you that says, this is right, this is wrong. And this results in separation from God. And the Bible calls this iniquity. That's why Isaiah says, not your sins, not your transgressions have separated you, but your iniquity has separated you from God. There's been a change of nature. And for the first time, an innocent life is slaughtered to cover man's transgressions, man's sin. But it doesn't take away man's iniquity. And from this point forward, God changes how he relates to man. God banishes Adam and Eve from the garden, not because he's angry at them, not because he's punishing them, but again, God is love. And so he is operating out of love. And so we see God using his commandments, his law, to protect man. How does he protect man? Well, if they were to eat of the tree of life, Man would live forever in a fallen state. Man would become corrupt, evil in his heart. Thinking evil continuously, as we're going to see, is going to happen to man anyhow. And what a horrible state for man to be left in. And so God showed mercy. God had love, and he banished man from the Garden of Eden, so they couldn't eat of the tree of life. The third time we see God speaking is with Cain. 
Cain's offering is rejected and Abel's offering is accepted. But there is a reason why this happened. There is an underlying law, a command. And we read about it in Genesis 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well... Will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Remember, God is speaking, and so he's revealing something here. And I want to look at what he is actually revealing. And it's a little confusing when you read it in the King James Version. So I'm going to read the same passage from Young's Literal Translation. It's another translation that's taken from the Textus Receptus, just like the King James and the New King James is taken from the Textus Receptus. But it gives us a clearer picture of what God is saying. In verse 6 it says, And Jehovah saith unto Cain, Why hast thou this pleasure, and why hath thy countenance fallen? Is there not... If thou dost well, acceptance. And if thou dost not well, at the opening a sin offering is crouching. And unto thee is desire, and thou rulest over it. What is he saying here? He's saying, listen, if you would have done what I had said to do, your offering would have been accepted. So if you do the right thing, you're accepted. But if you don't do what you know to do, if you're struggling with that, there's a sin offering waiting for you. There's an offering right here. I've provided an offering for you, an acceptable offering, an offering to bring to the Lord, a sin offering. And notice where it is. It's crouching at the opening of the door. Now, immediately... Your mind should go back to the Passover lamb because we just went through that. And what were they to do? They were to kill the lamb at the door where the, the uh, uh, in, underneath the door, there would often be a trough there and they would slaughter the lamb at the front of the door, drain the blood and they would catch the blood and they would put it on the lentils and the, and the doorposts of the house. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. God was giving them a picture of redemption. But what it tells us is that God had already instructed Cain 
on the kind of offering to bring. However, Cain chooses to bring a different offering. And he gets angry because it's not accepted. And what does God do? He provides an acceptable offering for Cain. And all Cain has to do is receive it. And that's what God says here. Listen, Cain, there's a sin offering. You have the power to make a choice. You're in charge here. You can make a different choice. And so here we see God's commandment, his law providing for mankind. But of course, Cain rejected God's provision, murdered Abel, and as a result, he is cursed into a life of separation. And so we see this pattern. Man sins. God makes provision for man. Man has a choice to receive God's provision by faith. Man rejects God's provision and separation occurs. The consciousness of God decreases and wickedness increases in the earth. Remember, this is Satan's plan. Ever since Genesis 3, verse 15, when God promised that a seed would be born to woman who would destroy Satan, Satan's one agenda is to pervert and destroy mankind. And he almost succeeds before Noah. He almost succeeds. Every person on the planet is corrupted, perverted by Satan. But God found one righteous man, Noah. He finds one person. And God commands Noah to build an ark. And what is the purpose? Salvation. To save mankind through one man. God is pointing a, painting a picture here. He does. Uh, the wonderful thing about God is when you study his word, you find out that he doesn't change his methodologies. He doesn't change his ways. He doesn't change his message. He he keeps reaffirming over and over the same thing over and over and over again. He's going to save mankind through one man. But one of Noah's sons was Ham. And through one man, Ham, mankind became corrupted. And they purposed to build a Tower of Babel for the, for the, in order to make a place for demonic possession in order to pervert mankind once again. And God intervenes and confuses their languages so they can no longer communicate. And so was God being vindictive or mean? No. Again, his law, his commandments were used to protect man in order to prevent wickedness from spreading, to stop wickedness. So God's law has always been there to protect, to provide, to direct, in order that man might live, man might experience life. And it's at this time that God chooses one man, Abraham. And through this one man, God will fulfill the promise of salvation that he made in Genesis 3.15. And he makes a unilateral, a one-sided covenant with Abraham to make him into a great nation, to give him a land to live in, to be his God. And Abraham entered into this covenant 
by faith. In Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed God and God accounted it to him for righteousness. And in Genesis 17, it tells us that this covenant that God made, this law that God has instituted, bringing into reality is a blood covenant that is personal. It's individual. Every person must enter into this covenant individually, and they do that through circumcision. And it is through Abraham, through this covenant people, that salvation will come into the world. And then Satan's attack moves from all of humanity. Now it's, he's focused specifically on Israel, which brings us to the book of Exodus, where we are today, where Pharaoh takes possession of God's possession, takes something that doesn't belong to him. And it is because of God's law, God's covenant with Abraham, that God acts on behalf of the children of Israel and delivers them from Egypt. And God's love is then demonstrated through God enforcing his law, which results in freedom from bondage to Egypt, which represents bondage to the world. And so deliverance is brought because of the law of God. And now we're in Exodus 19 at the foot of Mount Sinai. And the people of God are receiving the full revelation of God's law. The Torah, the law, the word of God is being given to the people. Now, why should we care? Why should we care about this? Why is this such a big deal? One simple reason. Because God does not change how he operates. God's law, God's word, is eternal. God's word reveals his essence, who he is. And once you've heard the word of God, once God has revealed himself to you, you are never the same. He doesn't change his methodologies. Man changes like the wind. Man is not a person of his word, but God is. And God says something, and it doesn't change. And once you understand that, once you understand that God's word is forever the same, then you begin to look at the world differently. You begin to look at the world through the lens of how God sees the world, and you begin to understand that the world makes greater sense than what you see. Just like the virus is changing how we live in the future, the revelation of God through his word changes how we live. And I can't do whatever I want. I can't live however I want and claim to be a Christian because the revelation of God's word will confront any area of my life that isn't in alignment with God's created intent for my life, God's purposes for my life, what he made me and created me to be. See, every single person is created with purpose. Every one of us. We all have a purpose. There is a reason why we're here. And we can't take a test to get it. 
to understand you can't buy a book and find out what color your parachute is and discover that that is your purpose. You can't go to seminars and workshops to discover what your purpose is. There's only one place that you can go, and that's to Jesus Christ, to God, because He is the one who made you, and He's the only one that can tell you what you were made for. And He reveals that to us in His Word. And so I must respond. Once I hear His Word, I must respond. And there's only one appropriate response, and that's obedience. To do what God says. To obey what he says. But it's not a forced obedience. It's not a demandment. It's a willing submission out of love in response to his revelation, his actions, his word. You know, when my wife says, please don't do that, that irritates me. Now, I can sit down and go, oh, man, getting all legalistic on me, aren't you? You know, give me some slack, you know, show me some love. I get to do what I want. Or, because I love her, I would look at her and go, okay, I won't do that again. Because I know that offends you. You know, there are even some pastors that don't adhere to that. They don't care who they offend. They don't care what they do. They're going to do what they want to do no matter what. And they think that it's okay and it's justified by God, but it's not. Because God is love. And he doesn't operate in that way. He operates out of love. And if I know I'm doing something to offend my brother, then what should I do? I should go make peace with my brother and stop offending them. I should live in a way that is going to bring blessing to my brother and not harm my brother. You see, it's a willing submission out of love. And that's one of the distinctives of Calvary Chapel, to walk in the love of God. Notice verse 4 of Exodus 19. It says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments or keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And in verse 8 we read that all the people answered together, all the Lord has spoken, we will do. There wasn't even a hesitation. Why? Because they were witnesses of God's saving power. They saw God defeat Egypt. They saw God destroy the Egyptian army at the Red Sea. And they now themselves are testimonies. They are the testimonies of God's saving power. And knowing what God could do and how much God loved them, they responded by saying yes. I want to be your special treasure. I want to be led by you. I want to be directed by you. Because they were recipients of his love. Friends, thank you for listening to the program today. You know, the statistics on life are quite staggering. It's been said that one out of every one person is going to die. And on that day, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready to meet God? 
Well, you can be ready. You can have that assurance that your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be ready to meet you. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me for all my sins and wash me clean of all the wickedness I've done. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've prayed that prayer with me right now, I can tell you with full assurance that you are going to be in heaven. Thanks for tuning in to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. We pray today's teaching has been a blessing to you and drawn you closer to your Savior, Jesus Christ. It's possible that today you're hearing about Jesus for the first time. If that's the case, we're so glad you've joined us today. We want to tell you more about how He can change your life forever. Just visit our website, calvarysanclemente.org, and click on Good News under the Home tab. This will lay out exactly what God's plans were for salvation and how His Son Jesus fits into the picture. You'll also find step-by-step instructions to start this relationship that will make all the difference in your life. If you still have questions or you'd like to talk to someone in person, please don't hesitate to call us. You can reach us at 949-228-9117. Again, that number is 949-228-9117. Do you happen to live in the San Clemente area? If so, come join us this weekend for church. We have services every Sunday and Thursday where we'll dig into the Bible together and spend time getting to know one another in deeper and more meaningful ways. Visit calvarysanclemente.org for service times and directions. You can also be a part of our services virtually. We're streaming through YouTube and Facebook Live as well as on our website. Again, just go to calvarysanclemente.org to connect. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Holland next time for another edition of Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at worshipliferadio.com.